The following episode has some content that is darker than usual, and may be difficult for some audience members. As always, the show notes have content warnings and associated timestamps. Please check them out at your own discretion. Thank you. Hello, this is Ro, and you're listening to Roads Uncharted. Last episode, we uh, are traveling, we found ourselves traveling with a companion, Lothariel. Lothariel hired us for a um, sort of escort mission, which is quite exciting for us. This is our first, you know, paid engagement as adventurers. And along the way, eight learned sort of kind of a roundabout way of how secrets work and what they are. We did stop for the night and uh, we roasted potatoes. I found a very, very cool stick. Ethereal learned what eight looks like when they eat. And we also found out that Bessie eats. So, you know, very eventful day. I'm very excited. Shall we carry four? So the next morning you continue your journey. How early did the group of you get up and set on out for the forest that lies ahead? Uh, are you are you two morning people? We're not not morning people. Uh, I think naturally I do get up around dawn. It's hard to sleep when it's getting bright out, you know. And I do not sleep. Yeah, you would have you you would have learned that too. Okay, yeah. Honestly, I think the, I don't think that Letheriel is over the fact that like eight could have just chosen to cut the potato, but instead did not, because I saw them cutting it for for Bessie. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think um, I mean likewise, probably sunrise, just because we're sleeping outside. So yeah, understandable. And I mean, even though it is like essentially February, I mean, where you are in the continent, it's a little on the warmer side, so it's not like. You know, you woke up in a freeze or anything like that either. So, okay, so you get up early and you continue down the road. And the closer you get to this forest, uh, Rowan 8, you start to get this, like, weird vibe with it. I mean, you can see that the trees look very, very old. That it's not easy to see too far down the road once you get into the forest. And... It just, it looks like a creepy forest. Like, that's that's just the best descriptor for it. It looks like a creepy-ass forest. Are there sounds of, you know, like wildlife and stuff? Or is, the, is that, I think it's even worse if it's just silent, you know? Do you stop to listen? Or do you just want to see what you notice as you're walking up to it? Uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not stopping to listen. I'm just, you know, on, on given how you've described it, it, it would be something that, you know, I'd start to pay attention to as a as a budding adventurer. Yeah, I won't make you make a check for it. I'll definitely say that you you do hear the sounds of animals and and birds and stuff in the deep parts of the forest. Like it's very faint, so you know that there is life in there. Okay. It it just doesn't sound like perky happy forest. Oh, okay. This forest is old growth, thick. Hardy, I have been in forests like this before. I can see why you hired us. This is, this would be terrifying to encounter alone without protection or escort. Yes, I was, I was thinking, I mean, I'm much less nervous now that you're my uh, company. 
Okay, well, we press on with Vigor and Gusto. How dark is it in beneath the canopy, Dax? The light is pretty dim. I will bust out my lantern. Yep, I was going to say, you probably would be best suited to bust out a lantern. Especially once you get far enough away from the entrance. And it starts to feel very closed in as well. I'm starting to activate, you know, my, more of my own, you know, senses to help navigate. Um, you said it's old. How how well-traveled is this from, from what I can pick up with my senses? I am going to try and channel a little bit more of my heightened awarenesses. So the dirt path, the dirt road that is in the forest, it, it does appear to be very well-worn. There are, you know, old roots that are sticking up every now and then over the path. The canopies are up very, very high. The branches mm. are very wide. Uh, in fact, the area where the road is, the trees almost begin to kind of grow into one another and create almost like this archway in some spots. Do I do I smell any any sense of like people who might have traveled past? When was the last? Do can I can I smell the last time people were through this way? You have a heroic ability for that, don't you? I do, and I would like to use that. Okay. I'm having one of those moments where my brain is like, how do you do heroic abilities? Yes. We did talk. We It's somewhere in, in somewhere here. Two story points, typically. Thank you. Ooh, so, okay. Ro, would you like to spend those two story points? I, I will use this, those two story points if it's okay with the rest of the players. Yeah, go for it. Okay. Good. Uh, okay. If you might only need to spend one. Though it depends on what your upgrades that you took to your story ability, your heroic ability are. Mm, I see. I Let's think see. yours is just the base. It's right? the basic one, yeah. Okay. All right. So, what does this look like as you activate this this extra sensory ability of yours? It doesn't look like anything, but definitely the mannerisms and the stature of Roe starts to shift a little bit. Like, it's more of a crouch. Uh, like, you know, instead of walking, it's more like of a more of a saunter, I guess. Um, as I try and intently focus, I close my eyes and allow the sense of the area um, come through me, and I try and visualize The last, uh, the try and visualize the last time someone was around here and how long ago, if I can at all. If you were to look at, at me as I do this, it's very intense focus. My, my brow starts to furrow as I try and activate this skill, this ability without having to transform. I think Lothariel is just kind of hanging back and once again, looking respectfully. <laughs> studying but not making it obvious <laughs> yeah like it's just it's rude to stare at people but also this is really interesting all right so Ro, you activate this ability and the first thing that hits your your extra senses is the smell of mold and mildew um then you're hit with a wash of greenery and vegetation you're hit with the scent of 
forest animals and fur. You're hit with the smell of birds. And then you get this faint smell of something you're not quite familiar with. Mm, okay. Um, but it, when you begin to hone in your ability and you really start to focus on what specifically you're looking for and kind of like clearing out all the extra stuff that you like filtering it out almost. Yeah. Um, you do get the sense, uh, the scent of human. You get the scent of sweat. Uh, relatively recent, like within the last couple days, mm -hmm. have passed okay. down this road. Okay. Um, on focusing on that, I just think, um, okay. I slowly pull myself back out of that and just go. So this isn't very a very much traveled road, um, is it? Um, last, it doesn't seem like anyone's been here for a few days, um, which I imagine is weird for where we where we're traveling, or it's it's a it's a change from how we've been from where we've been traveling. You've been going through a lot of towns the last couple months that, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, you, you've been in a lot of more traveled areas because you had to go to specific markets to buy specific things or you would had to go to some weird locations to procure items. Yeah. Uh, so it's just a little different than what you've been used to recently. Okay. But, but nothing, considering... nothing setting off alarms. About... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I, I just wanted to try and figure out if there's anything, you know, sort sort that that stands out that is weird about this forest. But other than that, I'm good. Actually, I will I will start to follow the scent, you know, because if someone is traveling through this, they probably know their way around. So I'll, I'll use that to guide us through, hopefully. Uh, knowing this information, I think Lethario would say, oh, I'm going to, uh, in that case, kind of stay toward the back in case anything, I don't know, comes out behind us or something. Not like there's a lot I could do, but, you know, I would like to be cautious. In case of any danger, perhaps it would be prudent for you to stay in the center. So that way, Ro and myself, as your escorts, can make sure that you remain safe. Oh, uh, yes, of course. This is this is why I hired you. You know what you're doing. Of course, we're seasoned adventurers, and I will just, like, slowly trail to the back with Bessie. And the lantern light, it's just like... Now there are just your shadows sprawled out in front of you as I've got the lantern behind the pair of you. Excellent. As we progress, all I want to do is be following the scent, but also keep in mind if it diverges from the walking path. Sure. For the most part, the scent does follow the road. Um, the only time it diverges that you notice, it appears that at some point, whoever was traveling recently pulled off to the side of the road to camp. You find a very heavily concentrated area, a residue almost of, you know, this scent and then you and you can see the what appears to be the remains of a campfire and, mm -hmm, and such mm -hmm. um but for the most part i mean it's very you know just traveling along the road the deeper you get into the forest the more cloying the air becomes almost feels like it's getting thick the darkness 
gets that much darker. It's almost like the lantern light is now more pronounced. Every so often you hear a very mournful hoo, hoo, from an owl off in the distance. What kind of owl? I don't know. <laughs> a brown one. I don't <laughs> You're the bird nerd, not me. <laughs> Wait, how about this? Ren, what kind of an owl is it? It's a great horned owl, of course. There you go, sure. <laughs> What's going on as the three of you are traveling through this dark, disturbing forest? I think Lethiril is doing their best to um, just kind of pretend like things are normal, but not look too cheerful about it because it's, you know, creepy vibes, but... Uh, <laughs> Also, I mean, they're actually in a very good spot because um, Aid recommended that they go in the middle, so. Yeah. I think to sort of fill the air and not succumb to the um, dreariness of this uh, of our surroundings, I think I would have initiated uh, myself and Aid to start recounting all the cool people that we met um in the in, in in our travels so far um and just you know we, we we met a minotaur who i did not realize this but minotaurs cannot get lost in mazes no matter how hard they try very very cool did not yeah that's not something you know or very very well unless you are a minotaur interact very well definitely would not have known that without this sort of exploration that we are on. I still remain unconvinced that that is actually true, though. I mean, we did get out, right? Yes, we did escape the labyrinth, but do not forget our companion Big Mood mentioned nothing of this type of ability. That's true. Big Mood was uh, is also a minotaur, but... Um was not in the labyrinth business as, as Tamshin was. Big Mood is a gardener? A florist. Florist, yes. Florist. When when we encountered uh, Big Mood, I wonder what Big Mood's up to now, now that um, they've, they've uh, they found the, the siblings. No. I doubt adventuring is part of any of Big Mood's plans. Adventuring is pretty gross, after all. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's just sort of cheerfully informing Lethereal, you know, the cool people that we meet along the way. And also the not-so-cool people. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I'd be interested in hearing about the not-so-cool people and uh, their fates, oh. if any. Yeah, so remember when I was telling you about that portal that, um, yes. that we went through? We, we met a very nasty grandmother type person in a very strange woodsy area. Not quite as strange and dreary as this, as, as here, but I, I think her presence made it just that much more worse. She was in this cabin that was, it was supposed to look really cool, but there was something off about her. And then she attacked us and we had to fight back with our with our friend. And um, we, were, we were victorious in the end, but still though, like, who, who does that? Who poses as some sort of loving grandmother with snacks and treats and lures you into a false sense of security before attacking you and potentially eating you 
sucking out your insides. Probably someone very cunning, but also morally vacant. Mm -hmm. Speaking of morally vacant, there was that man, Sprinklesprack, that required money to assist us. Sprinklesprack was, you know, more, as you say, uh, a bit of a hustler, but I would not classify Sprinklesprack alongside Granny Thistle in terms of, you know, inherent badness levels. There was, there, oh, there was, um, in, in, if you really want to know about this unsavory character, there's a inspector that we met in Azara. One of the first people that I met here in Ulela, Inspector Broussard, who was very charming, taught us many things about, many lessons that we learn and still use today, like the wines and cheeses and stuff, but turned out to be quite very un, ungood, not, not great person really was involved with some very bad apples and did not like me for who I was, who I am, you know, just, just, a, just a real spark of evil in that one. So, in your opinion, what makes someone a bad person? Just curious. Hmm. I, I think on this a, 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 a little bit. Um, as, as we step in. So there's a few seconds of the forest filling the, filling the silence. Well, I think in our adventures so far, the bad people seek to do harm to others. It, it, it's one thing to cause harm and not mean it. The, and, and, and you know, for the most part, when someone makes a mistake, they own up to it and apologize and try and be better afterwards. But those who, like you say, are morally vacant, look out only for themselves and don't care who is trampled along the way. And the worst of the bunch actively advance themselves through harm of others. Whether it is actual physical harm or emotional, lies or deceit. I'm nodding as Ro is saying this. Yes, I believe the intent to do harm to others is what makes someone bad. More so than causing harm by happenstance or accident. Understandable. And sometimes there are those that aren't bad per se, but when they have the ability to make someone's life easier or avoid harm or, or heal harm and they choose not to, that's still a choice that's active. I wouldn't, again, I wouldn't put the alongside Inspector Rassad or Granny Thistle, but still, like, you have an air of responsibility to help your fellow person if you can do so, right? Well, yes. I don't know. It's 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 very complicated of a, of, of a topic, and I do understand I'm talking in generalizations, but from my experience, someone who is bad often 
knows it. Often, but not always. Often, but not always. Yes. Does that mean someone can be good without knowing it? Honestly, I think so. I mean, for a while, I, um, I, I believed I was just doing what, what I thought was right. That doesn't necessarily make me good or bad. A lot of bad people believe that same idea and let, leave it up to others to decide whether or not they're good or bad. Like, for example, you remember, remember that one time we were, we were just in some, we were passing through a village and, um, someone needed directions somewhere and we pointed them in the right direction. That doesn't necessarily mean a good or bad thing, but to that person, it was helpful. Right. And so the more helpful things that you can do, maybe the, the more good leaning you can be without really meaning to be good. No, I think that makes sense. It's a very sunny outlook on things. You asked the question, but would you mind answering as well? What, what do you think makes someone bad? Well, um, I think it's very difficult to have a universal definition because I think that the vast majority of people act in ways that they believe are good. Matter of perspective. Yes, and I think that I find that most people, whether or not they believe their actions are good or bad, they can justify them in some way to themselves, at minimum. I'll arch my brows. So, not necessarily certain that uh, good and bad is a helpful system, so to say, to determine the validity or um, the merit of one's actions. I think someone in Kidova said that the working in absolutes like good and bad is a very dangerous path and that there's you know stages in between and not all these stages are very clear cut they sound like a wise person oh it was it was a book oh a book well a wise person must have written said book then <laughs> but uh, but tell me um on your travels did you ever encounter an individual by the name of Aaron. I... Hold on. I'm trying to think. Because that sounds like a very normal name, and I don't think we came across a very normal-sounding name like that. We did! Oh my god. It's... it's it sounds familiar. You, do, you, do you have a description of the person? Eight, do you know? I vaguely recall... Perhaps it was someone we have met. Oh goodness, when we were go when we were going through our first stages of meeting and being friends, Ro, we met so many great people, and so many not great people. Perhaps Aaron was someone that we met while we were going through these group forming stages. I suppose you're right. Like I said, it does sound very familiar. Do I, is there like a memory check so that I can get Dax to just let, let us know? <laughs> if you would like to try and recall, lore would be more history. So just go ahead and give me a, a an easy. We'll just go with intellect check. 
one success and one advantage. Yes, you do remember who Aaron was, a certain Aaron Vess, who you interrogated in Azara and who implied that he might like to hunt you, Ro. Oh, and that eight asshole. was yes, that asshole. <laughs> and eight um disposed of him in his room at the Overlook Inn. Oh, yeah. Okay. Then I will I'll go This Aaron, 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 Aaron. I don't I think the reason why I don't remember this, Aaron, is because it they might have been quite unpleasant to us. I, I do remember encountering someone who and I, I'll, you know, kind of be a little bit more resigned, wanted to hunt me for who I, who I am. Does that ring any bells, Eight? Oh, you mean the one that poisoned the pie? Or guided the hand that poisoned the pie? Yes. Yes, that, that, this is Aaron, Aaron, Aaron Vess, Lithiriel, is that? Uh, yes. Individual by that name. Oh, well, um, I think, given the circumstances, I, I, I'm sorry to say, but this Aaron Vess, um, might have... We, it's hard, it's hard because we were quite, uh, I was quite early on in my adventures at that point. Um, I think we, re, we, we had retaliated. Um, Aaron Bess was quite vicious. And I believe we responded in kind. I can understand that. So therefore you agree that uh, when someone is perhaps is injured or perhaps worse, it is appropriate to respond in kind? I don't, I don't think it is appropriate. I mean, sometimes, sometimes you do get caught up in the moment and Accidents do happen, or you get carried away. It's part of, you know, what it means to be I, I was gonna say human, but that that's wrong. It, it, it's part of what it means to be alive in this world. Looking back, I do wish that we could have come to some sort of accord, even if it was strained. I, I, I just... Given our past conversation just now, I, I, I... It's one of those things that I wish would have gone differently. I believe... We made the right choice, friend Ro. 
for there would be no justice for the poisoned pie champion if we had left it up to the local const constabulatory to do so. The local government to do it. It does get muddy because if I would imagine if and Vess wasn't stopped, that actions like that would continue. I mean, they're going to continue nonetheless from others, but at least not from from Aaron. Well, certainly not because he is deceased, so... Yes, Interesting. yes. How, how, how do you know Aaron Letherion? And uh, I think Letheriel is going to stop uh, walking and um, just stand there and kind of grin at you and say, Balls. Aaron, Ve <laughs> Aaron Vess was my cousin. And since his death, the organization that both of us were a part has not been the same. And I took it and they have been, in fact, looking for the both of you for some time and their attempts have proven fruitless so I took it upon myself to find you and thank you so much for bringing me this far but I think it is time to exact revenge oh my god you brought us to the woods to kill us <laughs> holy shit well well not necessarily there are more ways to suffer than die. I I think as you are going through this um, sort of reveal, the truth starts to dawn on on me. And as you're talking, I'm you're, you still you're you go through all of that, but the yeah. um, the hand firmly grasps the sword, um, ready to defend. And and sort of there's a there's a pained look on on my face as I understand why, but this is one of those instances where I wish it had gone differently for sure. But yeah, I mean, continuing onward, this is juicy and spicy, and I love it. <laughs> Eight. Any reaction? I think I'm saddened. My eyes have gone towards that blue color, remembering the. Uh, events that occurred that led to Aaron Vest dying, of course, uh, being killed, I should say. And when I see our companion stop, I also have stopped and am keeping my usual like pace from from Lothariel. And as you're talking and you reveal Aaron Vest is your cousin, I smile and I go, oh, you're related. <laughs> oh, no. And it's like that moment of, oh, family. That acknowledgement of, oh, this is the family business you were talking about. And then slowly that same as with Road, like that realization of, wait, something's not right here. Um, though, admittedly, it would take infinitely longer for Eight to recognize that this might be going sideways. So... I'll, I'll see Ro grabbing his sword just to say, Ro, what, why are you reaching for your 
Am I missing something? I respond to both of you and just, Ethereal, you have to understand. There's, we, I, I don't, and it, it's just stammering and mumbling because it's a very difficult situation and just, it, I, we've done, we, we, we've done immense harm to Lethereal with our actions. For our past actions, or was it the potato? By killing their cousin in the Sora. I... Right. Oh. Ethereal, is there no way we can... make it up to you? Oh, there certainly is. Oh, good. It is at this point, eight and row, I would like you to make a group resilience check. It will be formidable, and I am going to spend a story point to oh, upgrade yes. points. Okay, so. So that will be four, four purple, purple and a red. And a red, a white resilience? Yep. Group, group resilience. resilience check. I have two brawn and a rank in resilience. I have three brawn and two ranks in resilience. Okay, you roll, my friend. This is a lot of bad dice. This is a lot of bad dice. But with that, there are now two player points. I'm so ready for this. This is amazing. This is this is our first like player betrayal. This is good. That's exciting. Yes. I, I live for betrayal yes. and drama. So. <laughs> and you were so kind. <laughs> no, I made you potatoes. You made us potatoes. I don't, what kind of person would feed people and then turn out to be evil? Who knows? Somebody who's morally <laughs> vacant. I think there was something in those potatoes. I've got five advantages for the group, three failure with the effects of a despair. <laughs> oh, that's so spicy. Yes. All right, so. You're gonna fail with style, and you're gonna have a something really bad happen as a result of the despair. I'll describe what the effects of the spell are. And row and eight, you can figure out how, you know, what you want to do with those advantages. You are kind of limited in what you can do, but you know, you've still got options. And then we'll go forth with what actually happens. So as Lethariel says this, and, and y'all are talking about, you know actions and intent and everything throughout this whole conversation you have started to feel that closing in of the forest get even worse almost as if this weight is starting to push on your shoulders and then row you draw your sword and you feel this electric feeling go up your spine and go out to your fingertips and throughout your limbs and you feel yourself almost as if you're petrified and eight you also feel the same. You feel this electric current going through your bodies. Even the bees on your torso almost seem to freeze in motion. <laughs> Not the bees. I'm going to have to do so many insect content warnings for these episodes. Um, everything seems to freeze. Now, I will withhold the despair for now. What is the advantage 
What do you guys want to do with your advantages? Because you got a lot. So we are petrified at this point. Mm -hmm. And there's more badness along the way. Okay. Would it be too much? I, I don't know what, uh, Ren, I don't know what you have planned, but I I think for, for Ro, I think um, being able to get some last words out before whatever badness happens um might be might be what what i think the style of this would be any thoughts ren if this is like a poison or something i was just gonna i was just gonna mechanically suggest reducing the duration of the effect it's not a poison but but but, but i don't know what it is but that was gonna be my suggestion so well y'all have enough if you want to do a mix of those, we could probably argue that would be fine. So, bro, if you want to get your last words out before you feel that petrification kind of reach up towards your jaw. Oh, cool. I like that. That's a great imagery. Okay. As it gets harder and harder to breathe and it, it starts creeping up through the neck and I'll try and make sure that I'm making direct eye contact with Lothario. Almost tearfully. Let's go. I... I really do wish it went a different way. I'm... I'm quite sorry. As it's... And those are the last words as it starts to petrify above the mouth and then um just a sad mournful look as if it if it's complete petrification then yes as a sad mournful look is frozen on Rose's face yeah. but I think Lothario just says oh you will be oh amazing as the effects of this begin to take hold Lothario is there anything that you say or do while it is brewing the intent of this spell. I think that I just kind of, I will walk around, like do a full circuit of the petrified row and just kind of smirk at him in a very evil way. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'll do that. Ro, we'll start with you. Oh. You feel this force take hold of your body and, and you can breathe just fine. You know, all your faculties still seem to be working. You, you just can't move. Oh, okay. You start to get this nagging sensation in your head, like almost as if your memories are bubbling forth to the surface. What is the first thing that pops to your head when something in your head whispers, reveal your secrets? What is something you would never, ever want revealed. The initial thought is how I really feel about the gray paste. <laughs> but in a more... <laughs> about eight gray paste that I, I swear is really good, but I dread every time I get... No, um, I think in a more serious situation like this, it's the fact that I enjoy the wolf form 
and just would love to be able to shed this human form is something that I lie to myself all the time. I'm not even sure if it's real, but there are moments where I just wish I could just be the wolf. As this thought surfaces, you find that in kind, your lips are moving and your vocal cords are sharing the secret for all to hear. <gasps> oh. And it ends with a long, throaty howl. That's sick. Oh my god. <laughs> One of those times I wish we were live streamed because your face cap <laughs> is priceless. <laughs> <laughs> this spews forth from Roe. You hear the howl breaking the near silence of the forest. You start to hear whisperings in your own head. Reveal your secrets. Share with us something you would never want revealed. What darkness hides in that darkwood core of yours? Would probably say that my earliest memory isn't actually that I woke up and decided I could leave my home. I would say my earliest memory was that of my hands holding down the lifeless frame of my creator. The one I call my mother. Spicy. Holding down? Yes. As in, hard to tell if they were like hands on throat or holding down on like a, a bed or, or whatnot, but all I know is I woke up and saw her lifeless body in front of me. Again, as this image is coming to the forefront of your brain, Ro, you hear eight speak this aloud. You both feel the petrification ease just a little bit, just to below the jaw. I think at this point, I mean, I I know exactly what happened for for me, and I imagine the same thing is happening for eight, so that's something to unpack later. At the moment, we have something to deal with here that's going on through my head. And you know, you said it eased, but not like completely went away. Yeah, like you could okay. move your jaw and like turn your head. Yeah, but, strained. Yeah. yeah. Stra strained through as I'm regaining the feeling in the muscles and stuff. Uh, uh, what is this, Lothariel? Revenge. I don't, I don't understand. Well, you know, when you, uh, say, force people to reveal things they would rather keep hidden, it's quite unpleasant, isn't it? So you're, you're torturing us? Well, torturing is a strong word, but, uh, if, as, as you like, yes. In a manner of speaking, I suppose. Listen, how, however we wronged you, I just, 
let's make it right. Okay. What do you propose? I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I think, I think at this point, just to I'll go. Uh, eight. <laughs> any ideas? As I try and like crane my neck to look at eight. Turn my head so that I'm looking towards the two of you. Well, we could apologize. <laughs> oh, eight. Oh. oh, my sweet eight. Would that be a good start? I'm sorry I killed your cousin. He was a bad man. I think Lothariel is just going to kind of kind of chuckle and and say yes, I bad in the sen- in the relative sense of the term, I'm sure. But uh, I can tell you my plans. Then, if you have no ideas, I, I guess I do my best to nod. Yeah, yeah. because, because you know, while you are, uh, in a manner of speaking, incapacitated, I could kill you where you both stand, or I could go back to the eyes of Tanir and tell them what I just learned about the two of you. And they will induct me as a full member, and then they will send out a great number of forces to find you again, and to make you suffer more than I could. Those are just two ideas that I have. This is a pretty good start to that, I think. Um, would Would it be too much trouble to ask how long this will last? Sorry, Dax, how long does it last? <laughs> I was going to say, you know that if they have full faculty to talk, it won't be much longer now. Right. Yeah. I think uh, Lothariel is just going going to say, well, mm, you'll find out soon enough, and is going to try and leave. But like, not but make it so that like they don't look like they're scared because they're they're probably like, ah, I spent too too much time talking and enjoying the moment, and now they're going to probably get released and maybe kill me. Oh dear. Oh, the hubris. Yeah. You know what, Lethariel? Why don't you give me a for that? Give me a deception check, please. Wow, I've had you roll a lot of cunning rolls yeah. this time. I'm sorry. I mean, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I'm glad. I think I think I dumped a lot of points into cunning. So you did do a lot of cunning skills. Yeah. Go ahead and give me a deception check. It's going to be medium difficulty. It's going to be two purple. Okay. Great. Let's see. Three advantages. That's it? Yes. Okay. So in in this kind of an instance in Genesis, you don't exactly fail. You don't exactly succeed. Okay. So why don't you narrate what that might appear to anybody watching the theory, like what that looks like. You're trying to be deceptive and feel calm as a cucumber, but eh. Yeah, I think that 
because um, they're probably trying to kind of back away from you. They're being very smug about it because, you know, this plan has gone pretty well. You two are pretty upset about it, but uh, they're backing away so they can still see you, but, like, they, I don't know, trip on a twig or something and lose their footing, and it kind of ruins the whole, like, haha, I'm, I know what I'm doing. I'm so confident. I have you right where I want you. And they, they don't fall, but, like, it looks really embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. And it also kind of does reveal that they are a little bit nervous and think they should leave before the petrification ends fully and both of you uh, completely lose it. I like that a lot. I, I like that. Yeah. I, I like yeah. that description. Uh, I'll say as the pair of you watch Lothariel trip over this twig and kind of collect themselves and, and start to continue to head backwards again, Ro, that is when you start to feel your shoulders getting the ability to, to roll um, and eight, you start to, to feel the same. And as it goes further down, you begin to feel some of your bees start to, to reanimate. I think it's appropriate to try and initiate a transformation. If that's possible. Okay. I'll take as much strain as, as I need. <laughs> as, I, as I try and rage against this, uh, this, this petrification. All right, give me your discipline check, please. Okay. Discipline. So excited to see you wolf out. And what what difficulty again? Yeah, it's hard. Now, I know you can normally choose to fail, but because you are also fighting a spell, I'm going to actually make you make the check. That is... Hold on. You won't believe it. It's a wash. All right, so what, what does this wash look like? I think it happens, but I'm still petrified. Like the it's it's a partial like the parts of me that are wolfing out are this is the parts that aren't petrified. So it's this weird like Roe has a wolf head statue, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I was just gonna say it's just this wolf's head on a human body holding a sword. Oh, that's such a cool image. That's amazing. As you're backing away, um, and you trip on this twig, as you like look back and like look look up, you see the beard hair start to spread across Rose's face, and the 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 face starts to elongate, and you hear just a, a snap of bone, and the ears start to uh, point and then grow in size and the teeth just uh, elongate and the eyes start to flash between the normal like brown eye color and then gold and then start to remain gold as they just keep doing that. And it's it's hard to breathe. And so it's like, <sighs> so yeah. Yeah, uh, Lothario's eyes go wide and they can do nothing to conceal their complete sense of, oh, I have made a huge mistake. How how far is how far is Lothariel from us at this point? Uh, Would you say they weren't walking as fast as they perhaps could have been? So I also have a really bad sense of distance. I want to say like I don't know, thirty feet. So about a range band. Yeah. Okay. Can I move my hands, Dax, or no? I'd say at this point you're at your elbows. Elbows. Okay. And I'll, I'll just call out, Friend Roe, 
What are you doing? Remember your sword play. You don't need to give in to the beast. After what he just, after what he just said. And I guess, uh, I, at, I don't know if it's like actual, like a, as the petrification is going down, the transformation is, you know, spreading. Uh, I'll, I'll respond. Eight, I'm s- sorry about the beast. Is at my disposal. Uh, Lothario, give me a survival check real quick. Uh, give it to me at easy difficulty, so one purple. Okay. Three successes, two advantages. You're relatively familiar with this forest. You know that there are certain pathways that are hidden from most people, even if they're looking for them. It's very easy to tell how far the petrification is freeing your prisoners as you watch for Cascade. Down Rose body watches all the snaps begin to break and this beast continues to be revealed. If you wish, you are able to duck into the woods and go into hiding. Yeah, I think they're gonna do that. They're gonna try to run away. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. Eight and row, you watch as Lethario continues down the road, and then it appears that they follow a bend and disappear from view. And it is at this point that you can feel that your entire torso is now free to move. See, as I see Lethario booking it out, I think I, I think I call out. Yes. Run. You better hope we can't find you. I would, the instant I get the chance, uh, pop my spoon out of my gauntlet and catch it in my hand, and I'll just yell out, when you incapacitate Quarry, you need to remember to take their tools, and I will cast Dispel on Row. Ooh, okay. As best I can. Okay, uh, yeah, why, why don't we, okay, so Dispel is it's Arcane. It's Arcana skill check, a difficulty is hard. All right, go ahead, roll it. Success and an advantage. So any spell effects on the target immediately end. Wrote you immediately feel a weight lifted from the waist down, and it it is almost as in fast motion. Your legs are covered in fur, and your transformation finishes almost in the blink of an eye. Mm, okay, so fully standing at six foot seven, six foot eight, the armor now fills out. The zippers have become undone, snapped. And it makes more sense why the armor is so oversized. And then I take a step forward. And in a very similar cheerful tone to eight as my usual form. Thank you, H. You know, I wasn't really planning on giving chase. Well, I, well, calling me surprised. Like I said, this is... I feel very much more in control. Should we not be worried about 
eyes of Tanir? Or do you suppose it's bluster? I mean, if this is what it means to be an adventurer, then I accept this welcome challenge as I then revert back. And I think, unless Lethariel has any parting words or thoughts, we can call the session ended. I mean, I think they, they ran away very, very fast because they, they literally did think that Ro was going to chase them. So they are, they're, they've gone very, very far and have probably just, I mean, I don't know, they're probably like, I want to say like 200 feet away, just like out of breath now. And I think that, uh, I mean, Ro could probably smell that because you have wolf senses, right? Yeah. I'll say that, you know, you are able to catch your breath. And yeah. when you realize nobody is giving chase, you are able to slink back to wherever you slunk from. Okay, yeah. They feel extremely foolish. Not like, I mean, you wouldn't know this, but like, they, yeah. But the audience probably would like to know that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They feel extremely foolish and honestly extremely embarrassed, but you know, they, they kind of succeeded. <laughs> mm -hmm. right. Then we'll call that ended. Thanks for listening. We hope you'll join us next time, but in the interim, follow us on Twitter at Roads Uncharted. The Roads Uncharted podcast is GM'd and produced by Dax, whom you can find on Twitter at GM underscore Dax. We use the Genesis RPG system published by Fantasy Flight Games and music licensed by Epidemic Sound. Roe is played by Kappa, and you can follow him on Twitter at the Kappa Chris. Eight is played by Ren, who also composed the music for our opening theme. Follow them on Twitter at Thorny Dryad. Lethariel has been played by our guest, Sebastian. You can follow them on Twitter at SebastianUA.